of a sudden is this happening? And why all of a sudden am I struggling here? And, and why all of a sudden are bad things happening in my life that I can't control, right? Well, number one, God can't be tempted of evil, right? The book of James tells us that. God can't be tempted of evil, therefore he can't tempt us of evil. So a lot of times in our immaturity, we blame God. A lot of times in our lack of understanding, we point a finger at heaven and we say, God, why did you let this happen? Well, God didn't let it happen. Right? We gotta, we gotta, we gotta come to grips with and we gotta understand that. Right? Because crap's gonna happen here in life. Right? Stuff's gonna happen. Right? And so, Sometimes it's going to be really ugly. Sometimes it's going to be really bad. Sometimes it's going to be really hurtful. Sometimes it's really, it's really going to work inside of us in a way that feels like we're being ripped apart. Right? That stuff's going to happen. Right? And what we need to understand and what I want you to understand this morning is that's not God. Okay? Some of those things, some of those things is the continuation of reaping what we sowed. Just because we come to Jesus, just because we come to Jesus doesn't mean that our, our past gets erased in this life, right? Our sins are erased. What's red as crimson is white as snow. But sometimes the pain and sometimes the torment and sometimes the anguish of our sin will continue to follow us in life, right? Even post-salvation, right? Now that doesn't, don't misunderstand me on that either. Sometimes, or all the time, that doesn't mean that our salvation's bad. Because what God does, God does wholly and completely. And truly, what's red as crimson is white as snow. The salvation work is real and it is alive. But sometimes, the pain and the torment that we created from our previous decisions follow us. Right? We need to quit blaming God for that. You with me? You with me? A lot of you looking at me like deers in headlights, all right? We, we can't blame God for those things. We can't, we can't sit here in, in the presence of his company and ask him why those things are happening when deep down we know why, right? Deep down we've brought those things into our earthly life and, and we will continue to deal with those things. On top of that, on top of that, we have to take the time and put in the work to grow in the things that are spiritual. Right? And here's where I think a lot of us, we, we, struggle, with, we, we struggle with the garments, right? And, and what I was talking about before is we walk out of that tomb, but instead of folding up the garments and laying them down like Jesus did, we, we kind of drag the garments behind us. Right? That, that's reaping what you sow. Sometimes what happens is we come out of the tomb and we don't go to the Father. Right? What did Jesus say when, when, when um, the Mary came to him in the garden and everything else? What, did, what was the first thing Jesus said to her? Other than calling her by name, he told her, he said, don't touch me, I've not yet ascended to my Father. Right? What he was saying to her is, I don't want the flesh on me. I don't want carnality on me. I don't want the things of this life on me. I have a sacrifice to present to God, and I don't want anything to defile that sacrifice. I don't want anything to disrupt what God is doing with what I've just done. So don't touch me, Mary. I love you, I call on you by name, and I'm going to do a move and a work in your life that is beyond, beyond anything that you have received so far. But don't touch me, because i got to take all this, and i got to give it to God. Right? So when Jesus walked out, those are two 
pivotal things that he did. He folded up the garments and he laid them down and he said, I'm not carrying the weight of that anymore. People might point fingers. People might accuse. People might say this. People might say that. But I refuse to carry that weight anymore. I refuse to be labeled by those things anymore. The world might remember them, but God has forgotten them. And I'm walking in what God has written. I'm not walking. I'm not walking in what the world writes anymore. So he chose to leave the garments and walk away and walk out. Amen? Then, then he chose to take his sacrifice, take all that he had to offer, and give it to God. And friends, sometimes we struggle and we continue to struggle in this life because we don't pursue righteousness. We don't pursue the call to holiness. Amen? And we're, we're often quick to crush that. Amen? In our weakness, we're often quick to crush that. Well, even the Bible says you can't be perfect. Okay, that's one of the weakest comments from, from someone who's supposed to be alive in Christ that I've ever heard. Amen? Because Jesus himself said, be ye holy. Right? These aren't Jay's words. These are Jesus' words. Right? He says, be ye holy. Matthew chapter 5, be ye holy as your Father which is in heaven is also holy. Amen? Now maybe in our flesh there, there is corruption and there is turmoil and there is stuff that's going to keep us from ever truly standing in that place. But it doesn't mean that there's anything that should keep us from pursuing it. And that's why we struggle and fail a lot of times. It's because we accept worldliness and we excuse it for the cause of salvation. We excuse it for the cause of, of friendship. We excuse it for the cause of growing a church. We excuse it for the cause of just being content in my own skin. Right? I see that on Facebook all the time anymore. I'm just like, oh my gosh. People, you, you just don't get it. Right? Because we're not called to being, we're not called to being content in our own skin. Amen? When we are called into a life of Christ, we are called to clothe ourselves with Him. Envelope ourselves with righteousness. Amen? And to be holy as the Father which is in heaven is also holy. Amen? And so we are called to an existence that goes beyond this life and that is found perfect and, and is found whole when we come into His presence. Amen? So that's kind of the setup this morning. That's kind of the setup. We walked out with Jesus on Easter. Amen? And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to use Moses to talk about walking away. Amen? We're going to talk about walking away. We walked out, right? We walked out on Easter morning. We walked out when we came and we knelt at an altar. We, we walked out when, when we chose to kneel at our bedside and pray. We walked out when we chose to turn to Jesus and give it all to Him. Amen? But the thing we've got to do now is we've got to walk away from the things that are trying to drag us back into the life we once had. Amen? I'm having a conversation last night and, and we're talking about uh, friends and how friends are this and that and the other. And I said, I said something. I said, I'm going to tell you what. One of the worst things we can do trying to live the Christian life is to have bad friends. Amen? And, and one of the girls was like, Amen! Amen? One of the worst things we can do when we're trying to live the Christian life is to have bad friends. Amen? What do I mean by bad friends? I'm, I, they, these might be great people. These might be people you can go to their home and you feel safe with. These might be people 
that you can, you can spend time with and talk about Jesus with and, and everything else. But at the end of the day, they're continuing to sow fleshly things into your life. They're continuing to present things to you that are absent from God. They're continuing to encourage you to embrace things and like things and enjoy things that are corrupt and going to lead you to a corruptible place. Amen? The Bible makes it very clear that we are to be separate. We are to be separate. We are to be called out. We are to work away from the very doers of evil. Amen? It says that in like at least seven places. Right? We are to to remove ourselves from the very workers of evil in my life. Amen? So what does that mean? That means anybody who comes to me even in the name of Jesus, and presents carnality to me as a way that I should embrace and as a way I should walk and as a way I should think, I need to remove myself from that. That doesn't mean, doesn't mean I remove myself from the person. Amen? I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of friends who, who are far away from God. Amen? And I'm not one of these people who, who say that you've got to walk away from people who are living in sin. I don't believe that. But what I do believe is I, need to, I do believe that you've got to get so close to God that their influence doesn't impact you. The powers of evil in their life don't impact you. The things that they choose to sow into their flesh don't corrupt you. Amen? And we are called to that place to where we make those kind of decisions. There are people I love. And if they called me, I would go racing to them. But I don't go to the places they go, and I don't do the things that they do. I don't watch the things that they watch, and I don't talk the way they talk. You didn't hear me. Huh? Huh? You got to outro amen that. Amen? Because that's good preaching. Amen? I'm not, I'm not saying that because of Jay, honey. I'm saying that because of the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's good preaching. We've got to start being mature enough to make the kind of decisions that set ourselves apart from the world. Because the more worldly the church becomes, the less we have to offer. The less we have to offer. I'm convinced of it. I see all around us churches that, that have their, their prayer meetings and have their, their moments and everything else and then head to the bars when it's all over. Amen? I just, I just can't, I can't stomach that. No, I'm not naming one because if I started naming them, we'd have a list. Amen? So don't think I'm thinking about this one or that one or this one or that one because there's a whole bunch of them that fall into that category. Amen? So what I want us to understand is we are called out. Amen? And when we are called to walk out with Jesus, we must, we must walk away from the things that hold us in the tomb. Amen? I can't think, that was all just a prelude. Okay, so we're, we're getting to the message now. I can't think of any better, I, you know, I've done a lot of studying on this for several weeks, and there's a lot of good examples in the Bible, a lot of good one-offs in the Bible that we could just kind of you know, earmark and say, oh, this will work. Amen. But, but God kept taking me back to Moses. And I think sometimes if we really examine Moses's life and we really understand the turmoil that, that Moses was in, I think sometimes that we would get a really good glimpse of ourselves. Amen. Moses was born, his mom wanting to protect him instead of being murdered like all the other boys his age were murdered in that day. Put, put him in the basket, put him in the river. Amen. And he was found by Pharaoh's daughter. 
Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there. It's found by Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter, the Bible says, had compassion on him. She was moved by him. Well, if you, if you study the history of the time, you'll find that a lot of the women who, who had power in that day had, had come to odds with Pharaoh. They didn't like how Pharaoh was killing all of the babies. They didn't like all of this and that and the other. And so the women were doing big acts against Pharaoh. So the fact that his daughter takes this Hebrew baby and keeps it really wasn't a miracle in itself. But the fact that the miracle in itself was the fact that it was God's hand leading Moses to her. Right? And she chose with her compassion and she chose with her, with her heart and she chose with her bitterness and anger against Pharaoh to do something different than what Pharaoh was commanding. To do something against the tide, if you will. And Christian, let me tell you this. If you are ever really going to fully fulfill the desires that God has for your life, you're going to have to go against the flow. Amen? Because we, we live in a, in a downstream world. And it is easy, it is easy to flow along with the current and not create ripples in the tide. Amen? But if you're going to do things the way Jesus does things, you're going to create ripples, you're going to ruffle feathers, and you're going to push people beyond themselves, amen, to walk away from the world and to embrace what it is God's wanting to do in their life. Amen? I have a hundred thousand stories in Scripture. Okay, that might be an exaggeration. I have a whole lot of stories in Scripture to prove that to you. Amen? People who chose to walk against the tide, people who chose to push back against carnality and push back against what everyone was doing, even within the church, even within the disciples, even within the groups and, and bands of brotherhood, people who chose to take a stand for what God wanted in their life. And I'm encouraging all of you to go there. I'm encouraging all of you to walk away from the world and to embrace what it is God's wanting to do in your life. Okay, so here's what happened to Moses. He comes to Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter saves him. Amen. Moses' sister, Miriam, who we, we get to know later, comes to Pharaoh's daughter and says, let me get someone to take care of him. So she goes and gets her mother to take care of Moses. All right, now we start to see God at work. Right now we start to see God at work. Some of you gave me a weird look when I said the miracle wasn't so much. This. Sometimes God creates disruption just so he can work his plan and work his way. It doesn't necessarily take a miracle. It just takes God's hand moving people in the right directions. That's what was happening here. We can call that a miracle if we want. Now Moses' own mother gets to raise him. Moses' own mother gets to raise him and gets to input into him their hope, their belief, and their love of God. Right? Friend, I'm going to tell you what. Some of you don't have good home situations. I understand that. I know that. Some of you don't have good, good moms and dads who are going to teach you in the way of the Lord. But amen, that's where the church should step in. You should be able to find mentors. I love what Eddie came to me and said, let me, can I do this? Amen, because we got a lot of hungry 17 to 24-year-old boys that need a mentor in their life. And I'm like, I am all over it because I was praying about it. I literally was praying, God, man, these guys want so much and I'm spread so thin I, and I'm not sure I can meet the need here. I need you to show me how to do this. And bam, Eddie just starts, Eddie just starts reaching out to me. I'm like, 
boom, there it is, right? God orchestrating and putting people in place and, and so forth. And so I'm excited about what they're getting ready to do for Next Men and, and how that's going to work in our, in our young men's lives to give them a mentor, not only in spiritual things, but in life and how to be Christian husbands and how to be Christian boyfriends and how to do those things that are so pivotal in a young man's life. I'm excited about that. Amen. So what I'm saying to you is, I hope it's with mom and dad. I hope mom and dad are sowing into your life with power and with fire that comes straight from the threshold of God. Amen. But if that's not what, if you're not getting that at home, I encourage you to seek that out in godly people. Amen. Not in cool people. Amen. Because cool can take you to hell. I'm asking you to seek that out in people who are spiritual and people who are on fire for Jesus Christ. Amen? People who know the Word, not just a form of godliness, but know the Word and will ask you and challenge you to make it part of your life. Amen? Because those are the people who really care about where you turn up at. Those are the people who don't care about today and don't care about a moment, don't care about the emotions and don't care about the feeling, but they, they care about the kind of person you're going to be 20 and 30 years from now. Those are the people you need in your life. Amen? And I don't, care if, I don't care if you're 17. I don't care if you're 40. Amen? If you're just trying to figure this thing out and you're just starting out, you need to find those people. You need to find those people and you need to let them move and work in your life. You need to let them sow to you and lead you in, in the way that God would have you to go. Amen. Moses' mom had the ability to set a foundation in Moses' life. You say, well, how do you know this? How, how old was he? And you can argue how old he was when he went to Pharaoh's daughter and started to live with her and everything else like that. But what I do know is he knew who his brethren were. Amen? Because Scripture says that. It says that he goes out and he sees, he sees that his brethren, one of his brethren, is being tortured by one of the Egyptians. Amen? So that tells me that he, he understood the difference. He understood the line. He understood what was Egyptian and he understood what was Hebrew. And he understood the risk and he understood what was at stake. And he made a decision that day to defend who he was at birth rather than who he was in the flesh. Because you see, what happened is after so long, his mom was required to give him back to Pharaoh's daughter. And, and she did that. She followed suit on that. And so then from that point forward, he began to grow up under Egyptian law and under Egyptian rule. They began to sow into him their gods, and they began to sow into them their way of thinking, just like the world does with us. Are you with me? Just like the world does with us. We are crafted and formed and placed in the womb with a purpose by God's hand. We are filled with the fire of heaven from God's hand. And we are placed in the womb and we are born into this world and then we become subject to carnality. We become subject. The Bible says that we are conceived and born in sin. Right? What does that mean? It means that, that from the moment of conception, our flesh desires to please itself. Our flesh is looking for the thing that brings immediate gratification and immediate comfort, and we begin to pursue that until we find a level of maturity that says, no, I want what God's offering more. I will suffer right now for the glory that will come later on. I will endure for a season. I will endure for a time... Even the song we will sing in heaven when we walk through those gates says that these are they who have endured 
for a period and for a time. Amen. Why? Because we chose to make what God is offering and what God has given more important than... Yeah. Right? We want the instant gratification. We want the pats on the back. We want the love. We want the gratification of feeling like something and feeling like somebody rather than being able to stand before God and hearing the words, well done. Well done. And the Bible says there's a whole lot that are going to stand there that day that he's going to turn away. They're going to say, have I not cast out demons? They're going to say, have I not healed? They're going to say, have I not talked somebody through the sinner's prayer? Amen? And he's going to say, depart from me. I don't know you. What does that mean? It means very simply, friend, that we didn't take the time to grow in relationship with Jesus. We showed up at church. We went to Bible study. We did this. We did that. Friend, but we never came to a place and a point that our life was enveloped and clothed with Jesus Christ. Amen? And if we're going to walk away, friend, our walk away has to begin with Jesus. It's, it can't begin with me. Amen? I, I, I give it my all, but friend, I'm not perfect. And I will not pretend to you for one minute that I am. Right? Because I walk around in flesh the same as you do. I am tempted and tried the same as you are. Amen? The only person that ever walked that walk and ever talked that talk and ever did it without a blemish was Jesus Christ. So our faith and our focus and our ideologies and our theologies have to be focused on God and what Jesus is wanting to do in our life. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not even a huge theology guy. Right? And, th and that goes against the grain of, of today. Everything today is about getting them to seminary and teaching them theology. Amen? And there's good theology. Don't get me wrong. There's good theology. But my problem is, a lot of times all you get is theology. Amen? And the Holy Spirit is just wadded up and thrown in a basket and forgotten about. And my Bible teaches me that unless you are drawn of the Spirit, hmm, Unless you are drawn of the Spirit, you're not getting saved, honey. I don't care how good you talk it. I don't care how eloquent it sounds. I don't care how, how well it might sell to the masses. Amen. Unless you are called of the Spirit of God, you're not going to get saved. You want to know what about studying God's Word? Huh? You want to talk theology? You want to know about studying God's Word? We can make it as easy as we want to with a million different translations and we can glorify the people that rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it till we're blue in the face. But at the end of the day, if the Holy Spirit isn't discerning the knowledge to you, you'll never understand it. You'll never understand it. You'll never get it. You'll never walk in it. It'll never be real and alive in your life unless it's revealed of the Spirit. Amen? There are Bibles that that verse have been removed from today. Why? Because a whole lot of self-glorification seekers don't want you having that knowledge because it takes their power away. Amen? So we are called to walk away from these things that defile us. And we are called to a place that is incorruptible. A place that is without blemish in a place that is without corruption in a place that is without turmoil in a place that is without the craziness of this world amen 
Sometimes when all we have is theology, we don't have the power to overcome. Amen? And I already said, there's some good theology. I'm not, I'm not just wadding theology up and throwing it in the trash like some people do the Holy Spirit. Amen? There's good theology, and we need good, sound doctrine. Amen? And, that, and that's why the Word and the Holy Spirit re- revealing the Word to us is so important. But friend, what I'm here to tell you is you're not going to get it when you're skimming the surface and pursuing a moment rather than a deep walk with God. The thing you have to understand about Jesus is Jesus came and he walked in the glory and the holiness of the Father from the moment he donned his sandals. I I, I would imagine if if there were, you know, if if there were like um, tells of the caravan to Egypt, you know, that stuff's not in Scripture, but I, I would imagine if there were tells in the caravan to Egypt, you know, when Joseph and Mary took, took him to Egypt and he, he, was, he was following along and, and everything else in that caravan, I, I just have to believe that people were getting healed. I, even as, a, even as a, an infant, a child, amen, I just happened to believe that he was moved of God and not moved of the earth, amen, and, and he was just walking by and touching somebody's toe and they get healed. Amen. I believe he was. I believe he was just walking by and, and would speak the presence of God into the moment, and God would come down and things would happen into their life. Amen. I, I believe. Remember, this is Jesus. We're not talking about a normal baby. Okay, we're talking about Jesus. I believe it was just a little different. Amen. I, I think that's why it wasn't. You know, I've heard people say, "How in the world did Mary and Joseph lose him?" you know, in the synagogue that day. Well, you know, this is Jesus we're talking about. I don't think he was a normal baby. I think he operated a few levels above, if you will, okay? And I think they'd probably gotten a little bit used to it at the time and, and had just come to respect the power that was in his life, amen? So for us to walk away, we have to choose between two people, right? We have to choose between who we are and who we want to be versus where God's calling us to. Amen? And that's tough. That's hard. And this is largely what Moses did that day. The Bible tells us that when he killed the Egyptian slave master for, for beating up the, the Hebrew, amen, he looked to his left and he looked to his right. He weighed the decision and he killed the Egyptian slave master in defense of who he was from birth. Amen? Now, I'm not encouraging you to kill another man, but what I am encouraging you to do is to take that old man and put him off. What I am telling you to do is I'm telling you to get back to the purity of the gospel and get back to the purity of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ and quit clouding it up with all of this other garbage and embrace, embrace the power that was yours from the beginning given from God. Amen? And then walk in it. Walk in it. You see, the problem with us is we have, we have a moment and we feel really good in that moment and we want that moment to carry us for years. Amen? When the reality is that moment should take us and draw us closer to God in every bit of our being and make us want to desire Him in all that we are. Amen? Moses, Moses wrestling with this, realizing that the potential punishment of his death for, for the murder of the man, runs away. 
He runs away, and he runs away, and he meets a family, and he gets married, he has a son, and and he's still weighing all of these things, if you pay attention to the Scripture. He's still weighing all of these things, knowing who he is versus what he had become. And so the challenge for us, the challenge for us is no different than Moses's, right? So many times we're killing our spirit we're crushing, we're crushing God's advances in our life because we so much want to fit in over here. We so much want to be part of this and, and, and embrace this in our life. And we don't. You know, when I, when I was growing up, you know, our, our church had a really hardcore uh, thing against rock music, right? Man, I love my rock music. Right? And, and I remember telling my mom and dad that it was brainwashing. They're just brainwashing me. Amen? But as I, but as I grew up and became more mature about the, the paradox and about the, the lack of parallel between, between carnal music and, and, and godliness, you know what I came to learn? I came to learn that a lot of those guys were Satan worshipers. And while the music maybe wasn't necessarily bad, the lifestyle and the things that they represented as cool to me as a kid was the exact opposite of where God wanted me to go. And so I, I, had, I had to come to grips with that. Right? And there are even things in my life today that I, I like and I enjoy, but I quit. I quit. I walked away from them. Because of the things that they introduced to me in my life. And, and the, the problem is those around us that Satan is using to hold us in certain places will laugh at those kind of comments. And that's okay. Laugh. Laugh. Laugh it up. Amen. Chewie, y'all know the, the guy that played uh, Chewie in Star Wars, passed away this past week. My, my favorite line in Star Wars is laugh it up, fuzzball. Oh, you know, you just, that's funny. That was that's like a pinnacle Star Wars moment right there, and I worked it in perfectly. Um, not, only was it, not only is it today May 5th, Revenge of the 5th, but, you know, Chewie died three days ago. You know, we should, we should embellish the moment. Help me out. So, no. But here, here's the reality. You know what? Let them laugh. Let them laugh. Let them finger point. Let them judge. Let them continue to be held in the graves but you fold up your grave clothes and you lay them down and you walk out and walk away. Amen? Because what you're embracing has so much more for you than the others. I've told my boys from, from the days they were old enough to understand, and, and my boys probably you know, didn't get a, a whole lot of, uh, of time to be pure kids in their life because we always talked to them like adults and, and treated them like adults and dealt with them like adults and, and everything else. And, and I always told them this. I'm like, look, you will have a few good friends if you remain composite in what God is doing in your life. I said, you might only have one. And that's okay. That's okay. Amen? Because a, a Google or a flock corrupting you into bad character and corrupting you into the things absent from what God is wanting to do in your life is only going to drive you to hell. It's only going to drive you further and further away from the things of God. 
And you've got to be on guard of that 24-7 because they will be wolves in sheep's clothing. They will look the part. They will talk the part. Amen. And they will just subtly keep moving you away. And you've got to be on guard. You've got to be on fire. And you've got to enrich yourself with the Word and the presence of His Spirit always. Always. Friends, walking away is hard to do. When we want something so bad, even though we know it's bad for us, walking away from it is so bad. It's hard. It's tough. It's painful and it's hurtful to us sometimes. But there will never be anything more painful and hurtful than to God to look at us and and truly examine our life righteously. Righteously. And realize that there's not enough of Him in who we are to merit calling us by His name. You with me? Nothing more painful, hurtful, and despairing than that is for God to righteously examine our life Look at our thoughts, look at our heart, look at our desires, look at our, our, our manipulations of people in life and find that there's really none of me in you. My, my goals aren't your goals. My heart is not your heart. My wants aren't your wants. You're, you're doing it all wrong. And I can't put my name to that. And we live in a world that is living that life every single day right in the church. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll be found wanting when it matters most. Amen? If you walk out of the tomb, friend, and this isn't isn't a beat up, okay? Don't take it as such. Don't leave here saying, man, Jay just chewed me up and spat me out. Amen? This is Jay saying, honey, I want you to do it right. Amen. I'm doing my best to make the sacrifices and present the example. I want you to go further than me. I want you to get deeper than me. I want you to get so in tune with Jesus and me that he doesn't, you know, instead of taking several minutes to, to, to size you up, amen, that he instantly sees himself in you and he instantly receives you to himself. Amen. That's the goal. Amen. If your goal is any different getting behind one of these things, you don't belong here. Amen? I want you to find yourself in Jesus Christ. I don't want you to find yourself in friendships. I don't want you to find yourselves in in relationships. Amen? Truth of that is, is Jesus with the woman at the well. This woman again and again and again trying to find herself in relationships again and again and again trying to find her soulmate and again and again and again found herself wallowing in a mess that she created. Amen? Whereas Jesus says, you need to quit drinking that water. Amen? Jesus tells her, you need to quit drinking that water because that water will never quench your thirst. But the water I'm giving will. The water I'm giving will will. Amen? Quit trying to find it in friendships. Quit trying to find it in relationships. Quit trying to find it in jobs. Quit trying to find it in money. Amen? I'm going to be honest with you. I've had an opportunity to make a lot of money. 
I've had an opportunity to triple my income, but I had to leave the state. I had to move away from here. I had to walk away from, from the, the lives and the people that I was influencing and touching in their lives. You know what I said again and again and again? No, because I'll take this life over any fame or fortune. I'll take my opportunities for Jesus over anything the world can hand me. Amen? And if we're not careful, amen, the, the idea of, of money, the idea of being debt-free, the idea of nice cars, the idea of all of this stuff will get in our way. Amen? You want to know, know why I drive uh, a 98 Mustang that, that's beat up and clunks and clanks and, 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 and sounds you know, like it's like on its last wheel all the time? Number one, I hate car payments. I hate car payments. But number two, and most importantly, is I want to be reminded who I am every single day. I want to be reminded of who Jesus is. And I want to be reminded of my need of Jesus. You say, Jay, what does this have to do with message? Because this, this week was that week. Our, our flex is back in the shop yet again. And, and my car dies this week. And so we had to deal with that. And, you know, the boys are in finals week, so we don't want to put any extra stress on them and, and, and all this and that and the other and, and so forth. So we're, you know, begging, borrowing rides or we're, we're foregoing this to get this and be here and not there and, and, and all of these different things and, and so forth. And you know what? I was at peace the whole time. I was at peace the whole time. I wasn't frustrated the whole time. I wasn't blaming. I wasn't fussing. I wasn't quarreling the whole time or whatever. Amen. Because I realize that just like that car needs to be held together, I need Jesus to hold me together every single day. I need Jesus to hold me in the palm of his hand every single day. I need to realize that my identity is not in the stuff of this world and the things that I assume in this life, but my identity is Jesus and Jesus only. And I don't want anything to get in the way of that. Nothing. No one. So we all have choices to make. Much like Moses, we're going to look to the left and we're going to look to the right and we're going to choose who we are every single day. We're going to choose what we walk into and what we walk out of. We're going to choose. Our wife doesn't choose for us. You can, you can say, well, i got to ask the old lady. You can do that garbage all you want to do. But at the end of the day, the old lady ain't going to get called before the judgment seat. Amen. You are. Amen? You can blame mom and dad. You can blame your kids. You can blame your boss. You can blame everything coming and going. But at the end of the day, you choose who you are in Jesus Christ. You choose what you walk into, and you choose what you walk out of. And friend, I'm here to tell you, we have a hope that goes so far beyond the things of this life. We are called to a place, and we're going we're gonna to talk next week. We're going we're gonna to move our way to the burning bush and, and, and God's power in, in Moses' life. But before we get to the power, before we ever get to the power, we've got to create identity in Jesus. You will never become powerful in the things that God has called you into until you have created an identity in Jesus. Amen. He's not going to anoint 
theology. He's gonna, not going to anoint papers and, and, and titles and, and stuff. He's not going to anoint worldliness in the name of the church. Amen? What he's going to anoint and what he's going to empower and what he's going to put fire into are those who have an identity in Jesus. And Jesus only. Amen? So you have to, before you can, before you have that burning bush moment, before you're, before you're setting the world on fire and changing lives and changing the world, I want you to dream big. I want you to think big. I want us, I want us thinking five and ten years out. Amen. I don't want us to put God in a box and say it has to be this way or it has to be that way. Amen. Most of you who've ever come to me and say, I want to do this, what do I respond with? Okay. Let's do it. Let's go there. Let's pray it. God's got the capability for it to happen. Let's see it happen. Amen? Because I don't want you to be limited by me, and I don't want you to be limited by money, and I don't want you to be limited by stuff. Amen? You create an identity in Jesus Christ, and you do all things for the glory of Jesus Christ, and there are no limits to where you'll go. You'll get more of that next week when we talk about the burning bush. Amen? But what I want you to understand is before you get to the bush, you've got to create that identity in Christ. You've got to choose to walk out first, you got to walk out before you walk away. Amen? you got to walk out. you got to have your moment of salvation. You've got to be drawn of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to have, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ do a work in your life of salvation. Amen? And then you walk away from who you've been made to be in this life. And you create an identity in Jesus, which is, who he, which is what He created you to be from the very beginning. And that's the path you should be on. And that's the path we should encourage. That's the path we should empower. That's the path we should pray for. And that, that's the path that, that we should all be seeking from each other. Amen. And encouraging each other in. Amen. So I want us to stand and get ready for a song of invitation as they come up. And I want you to, I want you to take a minute today. And, and as they sing this song... I, I want you to understand, because if, if, if you're not careful, I know where my heart is, but, but if you're not careful, you're, you're going to leave here today, and you're going to eat your lunch, and you're going to say, man, Jay was brutal today. That just really doesn't motivate me to want to go to church, you know? He just took, every, took my music away from me, took the movies I watch away from me, took, took the way I talk at school away from me. You know, I mean, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, that's where you're going to go with this. Amen. But I want you to know that's not my heart at all. That, that's not a, where I am at all. Amen. I know you struggle. Amen. I struggle too. Amen. And there's a lot of people that put a pretend cape on up here and pretend they don't. I'm not going to be that guy. Right? I have, I have wonderful moments and I have pretty horrible moments. Amen? And I, I've got to get on my knees and, and put my face in the dirt and, and I've got to remind myself and tell Jesus I'm dust. And, and I need Him I need Him to spit in that dust and start twirling around and, and molding it. Amen? And that's where I want you. That's where I want you. This isn't a beat up. This isn't, this isn't a kick dirt in your face kind of moment. This is a moment where I'm saying to you, I get it. I understand it. And together, let's join hands and let's mold each other and let's encourage each other and let's walk into the presence of God together. 
and let him do a great work in our life. Let him do a great work in our life so that he can do a great work in others. Amen. Several weeks ago, I said something um, that the reason we, we don't have Pentecost moments anymore is because we can't get in one mind and one accord on anything. Amen. And the reason we're not getting in one mind and one accord on anything is because we're scattered in our thinking and we're scattered in our hearts and we're not centered on Jesus Christ. Amen. We're too full of, of fluff. We're too full of fluff and not full of enough Jesus. And I'm, and I'm asking you, man, let's make it about Jesus. Let's make it about Jesus. Let's embrace him. Let's let his love and let's let his work and let's let his power. Amen. Do what he intended it to do. That's my heart. That's my goal. It's not to chew you up and spit you out, but it's to help you get focused on the identity in Christ that you need to have. Because he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. They're going to sing this song here in a minute. Probably, I, I've said for years, my favorite song is Jesus Loves Me. And, and I've said for years that this is probably the Jesus Loves Me of this generation. I love this song. Amen. And, and I want you to understand that when messages like this come to you, it's a message of love and, and not a message of face punches. Okay? I'm not, I have no desire to punch you in the gut from the pulpit. But what I do want you to, what I do want you to focus on and see is that God's got a whole lot more for you. God's got a whole lot more for you. So walk out of the tomb. Walk away from the stuff and the things and the people that hold you in the flesh. And let God do a great work in your life. As they sing, we encourage you. Find your identity in Jesus.